Thank you for tuning in and listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the exotic weapon problem. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. Tune in, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. And watch me live, take part in the conversations. I stream 7 a.m. Eastern into the evenings. So you can probably catch me right now. I do long streams. Come on in and hang out with us. Basically what I said in the talk was there's a huge underrepresentation of exotics, both kinetic and energy, basically primary and secondary style weapons, like a merciless being more of a secondary style and a primary being more like a sunshot. Just not really getting used or represented. This is linked to a few problems. Number one, legendary power weapons are super weak and need to be way stronger so we have viable power weapon options. The difference between a legendary power and an exotic power is a giant chasm of difference. And then I said the other thing they really need to lean into is just giving us more weapons that have perks that traditionally probably would be considered exotic. I, I happen to think like the sunshot and the graviton lance should have been pinnacle legendary weapons because their perks are on the level of onslaught and trench barrel Uh, they're not strong enough i think to warrant being an exotic but they would warrant being a difficult to get curated god roll on a weapon and this would enable bungie to every time invest in the leveling in the in the weapon system very simply by adding a bunch of new archetypes of weapons that look cool and can roll with great rolls but then all you have to do is add one perk per archetype each season that is considered a god tier perk like onslaught or trench barrel uh or even the loaded questions perk is great it's just the gun itself has issues that i've talked about in other other talks with charge time and what have you so i'm open to feedback and input on this i would love to see bungie lean more to pinnacle legendary weapons and if you're going to give us exotics make them a whole lot stronger and then again if they solve the problem of legendary power weapons you just might find it fun enough to use your ace of spades with chromatic fire or you know whatever weapon it is you just think feels cool and feels nice as long as you had a legendary power weapon that felt good you might be inclined to do that so grenade launchers and rocket launchers need a whole lot of help naruto master 16 with the very first question here says i am into the lore and i want joker's wild to be more lore heavy would you be happy about that um, I think you need to accept that that's not going to happen. I mean, they're going to date. They're going to explain things about the drifter and why he's, you know, dragging a giant rock behind his ship. But you're not going to get a lot of story. You're not going to get a lot of war. They've made that very clear. So if that's a desire that you have, I would temper that. Um, it would be like, you know, uh, I don't know. If you if you if you are dating somebody and they make you an amazing ribeye steak meal one night and being like well they better give this to me every night well your expectation is going to be met with frustration and it's going to hurt your relationship so (laughs) if you set your expectations more healthily that hey uh we're not going to give you a lot of story we're not going to give you a lot of lore you should be preparing for that um if that's a desire that you have i'm not saying you it's it's bad to value the lore and the story but that's just you're not going to get it so why why set yourself up for disappointment right why set yourself up for that irritation uh jeffrey connor why is it so hard to get exotics to drop there's not really a pursuit of exotics there's nothing you can do to you know go and get them and so this question's come up quite a bit i think people are hitting really really bad luck with exotics which is why I said, you know, every week maybe they could give you a drop chance so you can get maybe one exotic a week. And if you don't get an exotic that week, the next week that you log in, they could give you a better chance like they do with the Escalation Protocol weapons and the Nightfall drops. 
they could say, hey, you know, you haven't got one, so this next week you have a better chance. I think that'd be a good way to do it. So they'd still be rare, but if exotics were dropping a little bit more often, I don't think anybody would care, especially considering armor can drop with random rolls, which means you can get a bad pair of shards of Galanor, you know, and that's never any fun to finally get the exotic you want, and then the roll's kind of a slap in the face. It's like, oh, great, you know. So an increase in some drop rates on exotics, not dropping like candy, but you know, if if they were dropping at least one a week for you, I think that's I think that's reasonable. Uh, and then if you don't get one, a higher chance next week, I you know that then resets. I think that's I don't think we're asking for too much there. That's not like casualification, like just give me all the exotics, let me buy them. Like that's not what I'm saying. Uh, Chris 66 Lono, considering Niobe Labs, uh, is it Nairobi or Niobe? I thought it was Niobe Labs. Um, is where Ada was created. Is that going to open up our possibility of getting Cade back? The way that they do the lore of a, uh, an Exo, I don't think we can get Cade back. I think the only way Cade's coming back is if the stranger brings him back. Cause she can, t- I think she can time travel. Um, it's Niobe. Okay. So, I, and I don't think that's their goal. I don't think their goal is to like, hey, we're going to bring Cade back with, you know, Niobe Labs. I think they're just digging into the forge more. Apparently, it's an event that unlocks the fourth forge. Um, I think that sounds pretty cool. Um, and, you know, it's it'll be hopefully more stuff to do, more loot to chase. Uh, there's a sword that we haven't uh, gotten yet. Swords kind of stink, uh, so that's that's not all that exciting. Um, if it was an energy sword, then I'd be really happy. I think that'd be amazing uh, to have an energy sword in the game. I think swords should be energy weapons in general, and then just manage their ammo and uh, damage in the crucible. Uh, like maybe you can, you know, have swords in in the energy slot in crucible, but you don't start with ammo, and you only get like two swings um, from ammo that you pick up. Something like that. I I just think swords are in a really weird spot. They just, they don't make sense as power weapons. They don't make sense as power weapons. They're just super, uh, super weak and inefficient at what you want a power weapon to do. I think they make more sense as a, as a mid-tier weapon to pop shields and bust majors. Um, you can go a little spam heavy too on a crowd if you want. Uh, but they just, they don't fit. They don't fit in the power slot. Uh, Phoenix Master says, when you... What do you think about more class-specific exotics in the game? Give classes a way to show off their skill set. That's, I mean, we have that in we have that in exotic armor. I, you already have this. The difference between shards of Galanor and Orpheus rig and Ophidius spathe and Geomag stabilizers and you know uh, the skull fort. I don't one-eyed mask doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know why they put that on a Titan. Um, maybe just to give them that that sauce in a gunfight that you know dodging you have you have the ability to like dodge and leave the lane as a hunter and you have the ability to stand on a healing rift as a warlock so maybe that's why they gave they thought they could give titans you know one-eyed mask um so but at the same time i do think you're ignoring a lot of you know the uh phoenix protocol for a warlock um did we fail that Wait, did we actually just fail? I wasn't even paying attention. Did you guys do DPS and I wasn't paying attention? We were on boss phase. Did you guys not kill him? I totally wasn't paying attention. Oh, you killed him? Okay, I don't think I got any fragments. Um, 
I don't think I got any of the modulus reports from that. I'll have to double check. I just got deep into the questions and like wasn't paying attention. No, I got modulus reports. Okay, we're good. We can go to we can go to the Nessus one. Well, I got to talk to uh, Ada first. Huh? Sorry. So yeah, class specific exotic weapons. I don't want that. I don't want class specific exotic weapons. I think we have exotic armor that does exactly what you're driving at. Fet 44. Would you want to see more six player activities uh, aside from the raid, or would you prefer three man activities such as the forge? Oh, the big dilemma with doing more six-man activities is I think that just always naturally drives engagement down. I think match-made, low fire team content tends to get the best engagement. Uh, so, and obviously Bungie could lay out stats for us and say, you know, here's one of the reasons why, you know, we haven't really been rolling out lots of uh, six-man fire team stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't really know if uh, if that's a big need right now in the game. Now, if you did something where six people could do it, like Escalation Protocol, we were going to like nine man teams, right? We were we were getting our own instances and getting people in there. If you did something that was like six to nine, but had matchmaking and was really intense and fun, I'd be okay with that. Again, the only potential dilemma, uh, the only potential dilemma, is. If people don't get match made, then you're standing around with three or four, and it's really, really hard. Um, I don't know how hard it would be to consistently throw six people together. I would be concerned about the PC crowd uh, not having enough players. We already deal with that. We already deal with just a smaller player base, and you know, I would, I would be, I would be concerned. So. But I'm not against it. I just don't know if it's a huge need right now. Grateful Head, what is the point of an exotic class power? Oh, what is the point of an exotic class, like a, an exotic thing? Power, uniqueness, what role should exotic serve? Listen, in my mind, okay, in a loot pursuit power fantasy game, exotics are supposed to bring power, all right? And it's clear with armor and powerful weapons, that's what happens. One-eyed mask, skull fort. Geomags, Orpheus Rig, Ophidius Faith, Shards of Galanor. Uh, these are all these are all exotics that add a ridiculous amount of power. And then every single powerful exotic weapon adds a ton of power. And if you look at the exotic weapons that I take issue with, they're meant to add power too. But they just it's not because it's not a need. And because legendary power weapons are so bad, it just doesn't translate into power. It doesn't like it doesn't translate into power to put on your sunshot and you're like blowing ads up, but then you have to put away your really strong powerful weapon and use like a legendary. Now, obviously machine guns as I said have they're helping a little bit, but I still feel weaker when I have a legendary machine gun on. I mean, I'm be- I feel better cuz I have so much ammo, but like they they're built for power. They are 100% built for power. So the way you the way you give people freedom to use them is you say that exactly what I said is you make legendary power weapons better and then make exotics really really good. They're just not that good. I, I, again, I think a lot of if you're really honest about it and you really just weigh 
the perks on a lot of these guns, like Firefly and Memento Mori on Ace of Spades. Well, PvP, Lono, we'll just hold the phone for a freaking minute. Like, Memento Mori and Firefly, it just isn't that strong when you compare to the difference between Thunderlord and a Legendary Machine Gun, or Sleeper and a, and a Crooked Fang, right? There's just no comparison. The difference between Ace of Spades and a really good, like, because Memento Mori gives you a damage buff. I mean, I have Rampage 3 on my Wardens all the time, you know? So Memento Mori, uh, and then Firefly, uh. And then look at everything else, like Ride the Bull, like, I mean, and then getting health back on the Crimson and Sweet Business. A lot of these perks are basically just legendary pinnacle perks. Why? I'll tell you why. It's because of the enemy structure. Killing ads with a uh, with a sunshot and a graviton lance or a Polaris lance when you're killing ads with those weapons, then th- you don't th- the the enemies that you're killing aren't particularly challenging. There's not this like there's not a pain point that they're meeting. One K voices whisper sleeper thunderlord they meet a clear pain point doing lots of damage. Killing ads isn't a significant pain point. So it doesn't, tra- it just doesn't translate into power. Well, why should they make them legendary weapons, Lono? Why should they make them pinnacle legendary weapons? Because then you'd have freedom and fun and diversity. You better believe if the Merciless was legendary, I'd be using it. I would, I 100% would be using it. Fusions are cool. I mean, there might be times where you feel like the sweet business is worth using. It's fun, right? It, it That's kind of what the breakneck feels feels like. So that that's where that's where it needs to go. Like the reason you want to take those perks and make them into pinnacle legendaries is because it adds that layer of freedom and that difference in your loadout. That layer of freedom and difference in your loadout isn't happening because they're exotics and it's not worth equipping them and limiting yourself if they didn't limit yourself there's a number there's a number of I I would think exotic weapons that you would see people using Telesto and Merciless would be all over PvE you'd see them everywhere Lord of Wolves would be all over PvE Prometheus Lens and Coldheart Graviton Lance Sunshot like these are weapons that you would probably see people using in PvE if they were pinnacle versions of a legendary weapon and keep in mind if you do it as a pinnacle version of a legendary weapon that creates organic grind you're getting random rolled versions of the sunshot and it looks cool and handles cool but then there's the there's the pinnacle version in the original merciless shredded the dogs well it was a power weapon originally so i think it did more damage didn't it and i i, I even then i don't think merciless was i don't think merciless was the go to i think a cluster bomb rocket was the go to cuz just the amount of damage the clusters would do uh, on the stationary target, as well as I, I mean, Ikalash shotgun became became the barrel stuffing king. If you wanted to barrel stuff a, a a merciless on a dog, and I wanted to barrel stuff an Ikalash shotgun, I'm gonna beat you, no question. I'm gonna kill my dog before you even get halfway. So, you're not gonna create more diversity though. Eventually, the pinnacle will bubble on the top. No, no brutal gear. No, like. 
I'm switching. You can switch between a breakneck, a warden's law, and a feeding frenzy blast furnace. Why? Because they're all cool and they're doing the job of, of a of a pinnacle primary, right? If the if the if the blast furnace had desperado on it, it would be a pinnacle primary that I could use, and it would feel equal to a breakneck or a warden my warden's law with you know feeding frenzy rampage and rampage spec. You, like, that's the goal, though. Think about it, Brutal. If every gun type has a pinnacle version, then it comes down to player preference. Maybe you hate the way that pulses feel. Maybe you can't stand hand cannons. Maybe you don't like auto rifles. You can go wherever your preference lies because there is a pinnacle version waiting for you. This is why people can switch between Sleeper, Whisper, 1K Voices, and Thunderlord. They can switch between them because they're all good in their own right, and they have their own, they kind of have their own footing in the game, and since they have their own footing in the game, you don't feel a tremendous amount of difference when you switch between Thunderlord, 1K, and Whisper. Now, you might say, okay, yes, but Whisper is king on the last boss in Scourge. You know, Whisper is king in certain places. Sure it is, and 1K Voices and Thunderlord, you know, well, if 1K K voices gets a buff and goes back to being great again. I mean, I know it was only great on PC, but like Thunderlord and Sleeper, like Sleeper's now king in this fight. Why? Because of the reflection shots. So I'm I'm switching between heavies, even though every heavy is essentially doing what I'm saying that the legendary should be doing. There's pinnacle, they're pinnacle at power. They're pinnacle at power. I mean, the main way to get people using other exotics, honestly, is just to again give us legendaries. Give us legendaries in the power slot worth using. That's part of the that's part of the problem. Is there's just there's just no legendary weapons in the power slot worth using. Unless it's an avalanche or a hammerhead. And even then, you're just kind of like, why? What am I getting? Monarch, not worth it. Ace of Spades, it's not really changing the combat flow for me. And I'm and I'm using a weaker, you know, Thunderlord, essentially. Unless you're going into content that's void burn, then I could see you saying, I'm really glad to have my, you know, my hammerhead or solar burn and you get out your avalanche. So. Home Twitch says, Lono, if Bungie returned all of the exotics to be overpowered to the point of using a kinetic overpowered weapon wouldn't impact your damage output, wouldn't that be a step in the right direction? PvP issues notwithstanding. Uh, a kinetic over a power weapon wouldn't impact your damage output. Well, no, I mean, wait, so hang on. Let me read your question and try to understand it because I feel like this question feels confused. If Bungie returned all the exotics to be overpowered to the point where using a kinetic over over a power weapon wouldn't impact your damage output, well, no, it would affect your damage output. If I put on Ace of Spades... Even if they go ham and make Ace of, pa- Ace of Spades insane, it doesn't matter. Ace of Spades is still primarily used for killing trash ads, and you can still only kill trash ads so fast. If you're at the ceiling of efficiency on killing trash ads, it doesn't matter if you use Ace of Spades or a Breakneck or a, or a, um, or a really good Warden's Law. Right? it doesn't matter you're like I'm still just as effective so why am I using the the exotic kinetic now the reason you could say oh it's fun it's worth using it's fun it's fun it's fun the reason you can get away with saying that if they give us power weapons worth using is you don't feel like running ace of spades or sunshot 
makes you put down a weapon and pick up a weapon that's bad. It's not really even about the exotics. It's about the power weapons. You just don't have legendary replacements. Now, the problem with what you're saying is, is if, if, if I literally don't lose any damage efficiency, if I lose zero damage efficiency because you make legendary power weapons so, so strong, then I, I don't know. That, that honestly feels, that feels really weird to me. I, I don't think you should ever be able to say I don't think you should ever be able to say that this legendary power weapon is as strong as an exotic power weapon because now you've just completely broken the power hierarchy but if a legendary grenade launcher or rocket launcher was an actual reasonable power weapon like it felt like it felt worth using and you knew you were losing some damage but it wasn't to the point of absurdity then you might actually consider using an exotic energy or kinetic that's the issue first based beast Lono do you think they should make missions strikes quests that you need to use other guns for aka exotics that aren't whisper or sleeper I don't know how you ham fist this. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, if you're going to make me use a rocket launcher or a grenade launcher on a boss, like, I don't know. I feel like people would reject that content. Nope. Nah, you, this guy doesn't take any damage. You have to use explosive on him. You know, he has explosive ordnance uh, or something, and you have to use explosives on him. I don't know if that's the right... I don't know if that's the right move. I truly don't know if that's the right move. I think it's better to let people have freedom, but give people power. Because if fusion rifles and snipers were stronger, and grenade launchers and rocket launchers were snipe were, were stronger, and they added pinnacle rocket launchers and grenade launchers that had perks on them the likes of, or the equivalency of, Breakneck's Onslaught, where you're like, this rocket launcher is insane, and it's a legendary... Well, then you could put that on and then have that freedom to be like, I really missed using Merciless. Do you see? That's freedom. That's player choice. That's player preference. And the reason it works is you have all these parts that are just interchangeable. And I think Pinnacle Legendaries is one of the ways you achieve this. Because that gives player choice diverse and choice and diversity and not always at the cost. It's not always at the cost of power. Right? Like, think about the way we used to run Axis, okay? You could use you could use Galley, you could use uh, a Warpath, you could use Dark Drinker. I ran Starfire Protocol and threw fusions like a maniac. There was a variety of ways to do lots of damage to, to Axis. And since everything was so close in efficiency, nobody felt like, no, you must run Dark Drinker. No, you must run this. I mean, because I didn't have to travel with Dark Drinker, I could stay in the center and throw fusions with a with a tier 12 max discipline Starfire protocol, and I could throw so many fusions so fast, once they made that update, the Viking Funeral, I would out DPS Dark Drinker people. So, I, I think that's a picture into where things need to go, and we're just not there right now. Right now, you can you have interchangeable power weapons, but you don't have interchangeable... You just don't have, uh, and they're all exotic, right? You could run a warpath. You could run a warpath at Axis, and you wouldn't be, and in some respects, because of its clusters, you would be pretty close to a galley or the guy using Dark Drinker. Especially, I coupled it with, uh, 
with me doing the fusion grenade bake. So. Jeffrey Connor, why is it so hard to get exotic drops? What's the best? I already answered this question. Uh, uh, Augustus, do you think that... Um, do you think that exotic power weapons are too strong? Should legendary power weapons be improved or complete? I mean, I put this in my talk. So yeah, this was at the end though. So you may have submitted this before. You basically got your answer in my talk. I, I'm, I'm going to say no. I don't think exotic power weapons are too strong. I think legendary power weapons are terrible. Uh, they're just not good. Grenade launchers are just complete and utter garbage. They're literally awful weapons. They don't do what you need them to do. They should be, as I said, like a machine gun. This is drawn out. This is drawn out damage. Therefore, you get a lot of ammo. I think the big problem in the power difference between legendary heavies and exotic heavies uh, if those were brought closer to damage output, it would be more tolerable to shell power exotics, especially if it's very effective against ads. Right. I mean, that's I put that literally in my talk, Brutal Gear. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. But I also think, with respect to loot pursuits, you need to really, like, this discussion of exotics really sort of unearthed to me mini exotics. Like, a, a, a breakneck is like a mini exotic. And I think whenever you do Season of the Drifter or Bad Armor, Black Armory, you basically do that. You should be adding pinnacle roles to things. So there's more mini exotics as well as exotics. And if you did that, they could make legendary, you know, heavy stronger, but they could also do a curated rocket or a curated grenade launcher that really makes you say, you know what? I can put down my Thunderlord. I can put down my, my 1K voices, my sleeper, my whisper. And I, because I've got this curated rocket launcher, I have this curated grenade launcher, and this perk it has is just insane. It's on Bungie to come up with this. Like, they need to just look at curated roles and say, okay, I want you to create something that's as good as Onslaught or Trench Barrel, and I want you to put it on a grenade launcher. And I want you to put it on a rocket launcher. Now, underneath that, though, they do need to take grenade launcher ammo and, like, triple it or double it, and they need to double grenade, la- I'm sorry, rocket launcher ammo and put two in the barrel. You know, that's what I say. That's what I say they should do. And then this solves two problems. It gives more diversity in your loadouts. It gives you better power weapon options. So you can use some of those cool exotics that are just completely and utterly ignored. But it also just creates really, really great weapon pursuits. Really great weapon pursuits. We just need more stuff like that. Ace was terrible in D1. Yeah, Ace was just not. Ace was okay in D1, but it wasn't what it is now. Too many Christmas. No. Ace was not was not anywhere near what it is now in D. It was cool. I don't think I don't think it got near the use that it gets now. Not near. Nova hands. Hey Lono, do you think exotic primaries and secondaries are less impactful than they were in D1? I feel like they were more influential non-heavy exotics in D1. Zalo, Icebreaker, Fourth Horseman. I kind of feel like we've always typically pivoted to having an exotic in the power slot, right? You just That was just really common in D1 too. It was basically Sleeper and Galley and Dark Drinker were like the two, and Raze Lighter. It was like the two most commonly used. It was like the two most commonly used, like hands down. Or so I'm three. Those are like the most three commonly used exotics. 
you didn't you didn't really go I, I just don't think exotics had the same they didn't have a lot of presence in the primary or the secondary slot in D1 either unless you were doing something really specific I remember we would be farming something and we were using the bad juju the bad juju just didn't feel worth it it was like in in most meat and potatoes content or content where you knew there was going to be a DPS phase on a boss right like that as soon as that's in the mix you're just like I don't want to run this I don't want to run what are you going to run Mita and PVE no like I don't th- this is this isn't a problem that just that, that, that came out of nowhere it's been around for a while but I think we now have a better solution and a better way forward I think you can add more power more perk diversity more depth more grind by leaning away from exotics or as I said taking perks you would traditionally consider exotic like the sunshots perk or the merciless's perk and you make it a you make it a pinnacle weapon because that is really what onslaught and trench barrel are those are perks that traditionally probably would have been on exotics to lean away from exotics to a certain degree and lean into pinnacle weapon grind. Uh, Acturii says, when D3 eventually comes around, is it bound to be received with skepticism and negativity with history of D1 and D2? What can Bungie do in terms of PR to alter what people should do instead of just get, uh, or should they just let the game do the talking? I mean, I think one of the main things you're going to hear from the marketing of D3 when it starts, one of the main things you're going to hear is we have taken in so much information and feedback and we have, we have, we have done so much to learn from Destiny and grow, like kind of like what they did with Division. I think that's the marketing. Like, if the marketing gets too centered around you know, oh, we've got this and that and we're gonna, you can go to this place and that place. If the marketing is always peppered, you know, Destiny 3 is a game for fans of Destiny but it's also a game for new players as well. We've spent the last two years learning and and changing and we made huge changes to the franchise by listening to the community with Forsaken and the Taken Queen because I believe that's what's next, right? I believe Taken Queen is next in September of next year. Uh... I think then they can say we've learned so much and all of that has gone into the development of Destiny 3. I think that kind of transparency will go really far with people. I think if you just try and come out and just market it as like, hey, it's Destiny 3, yay, come and buy it. That's what you're going to hear from a lot of people. Like, you guys marketed and hyped up D2 and it, it, it in some respects, felt like not a flop, but it, it definitely fell out of the starting gates and kind of limped along. It didn't do very well. That marketing sounds like typical PRBS. I don't think so. I think when a company is willing to come out and say, we learned hard lessons, made big changes to our game, and listened to our community, that's not typical PRBS. Most companies don't talk like that. Most companies talk about all the new experiences you're going to be able to have just to try to generate sales, like buy, 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 pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. Here's all the new stuff. Um... Instead of saying we've we've had to make significant changes and alterations to the game, and we've we're applying all that knowledge now, and knowing and knowing that they did that with Division is really I think probably going to help a lot of Division's marketing because underneath everything, everybody's going to be saying, you know, they spent basically a year interacting with the community and updating Division One, and I wouldn't be surprised the closer we get to Division Two's launch date, 
they really, you know, lean into that narrative of we've really learned from our past mistakes. Quips. Do you think Bungie should go back uh, and change some of these perks that nobody will ever use, such as moving target on a rocket launcher uh, or make weapons more viable to use? I don't know where I land on this because, yeah, it's kind of dumb when you get like hip fire grip on a pulse or a scout, you know, something that's obviously meant to be used at range. It's obviously a little insulting um, when that happens because it's kind of like, why did you even put this on here? Um, So, you know. But I don't know if that means they need to go back and completely rework them. Because I think sometimes it's okay to be like, these perks are bad, or, you know, this perk is bad, why'd you put this on here? Sometimes I think you need the trash rolls for the the good rolls to really shine through. If every perk that can roll is viable, you basically have this small margin of difference between a good and a god roll. If you get rid of moving target, if you get rid of hip fire grip, if you get rid of basically every perk people kind of cringe at, then you're just always going to have like, yeah, this is a good roll, but I'm holding out for the god roll. What's the difference between the good and the god roll? Almost nothing. They're basically the same. Like, you want to be able to say, oh man, this is so close to being what I wanted, but it's got a hip fire grip on it. It's got hit, you know, it's got whatever on it. Hip fire grip on a sniper, right? Yeah, you need the valleys to enjoy the peaks. So, like, look at look at every potential roll on a gun and get rid of all the perks that lo- are bad or don't make sense and only leave the good perks. And then when you roll the dice on that roll, it's almost always a good roll, which hurts loot incentive. So. Sass, uh, sa- sassy sauce? What the heck? I will make you run my company or elect you as president. I don't know, but you're a genius. Well, that's a little bit over the top. Thank you for the compliment. Caveman4545, I almost never use anything besides power exotics. Is there a purpose behind kinetic exotics? I don't feel there is. This is where a lot of people push back and say, but Lono, these weapons are fun, right? Huckleberry and Ace of Spades are fun. You know, Crimson is fun sometimes. Well, okay, let me ask you then. What about Suros Regime? What about Vigilance Wing? What about Sturm? What about Mida? What about Rat King? What about Sweet Business? What about Jade Rabbit? Right? What about Wish Ender? Where are these guns landing in PvE since th- almost all of them are derived from PvE? Right? Oh, it's fun to use a Graviton Lance and a Sunshot. Yeah, okay... But again, you're you're limiting your loadout big time. Merciless, Telesto, Lord of Wolves, Skyburner's Oath, like Coldheart, Prometheus Lens, Polaris Lens, Trinity Ghoul. It's like, who is going to use those, man? Like, they don't do the job of a primary or secondary weapon any better than a really good legendary does. They just feel like you're basically deciding to be a goof, I guess, and use a bad role, you know? Is essentially what it feels like. Not a bad, like yeah, a bad roll. You're using a bad power weapon. You just feel like you're gonna end up using a bad power weapon. Uh, Sleeper says, "Do you think the shift to better exotic heavies was intentional?" Um, no. Here's what I think happens. Okay, I think when you take a weapon that's that's designed to do lots of damage, and you say, "How do we make it better?" Uh, make it do more damage, right? Like, you don't bring... You don't bring a bazooka to a knife fight. So, like, 
these weapons aren't built to be finesse weapons. You're not pulling out. You're not pulling out like a linear fusion or a, or, or or you know the, the whisper is a sniper rifle, so it's not the best example. You don't bring those weapons. I picked the I picked the strike instead of the fast travel. Um, I've done that before. That's hilarious. Um. So, what was I getting ready to say? Okay, so basically, it's not like they could say, it's not like they could say, okay, I've got an idea. Let's make Sleeper and Whisper really good at um, precision damage. Well, that's not what they're built for. They're built for raw damage. So when you take something that's built for raw damage, you're just going to give it more damage. That's the problem. That's why exotic powers are so influential. And then when you come up here... You're like, what's the role of a, of a kinetic or a primary weapon to kill red bars? Okay, how do we make it stronger at that? Um, I mean, I guess if it one-shots everything. Okay, cool. Well, a really good Rampage, Warden's Law, or a Breakneck kind of feels like it's doing the same thing. You're kind of one-shotting everything. Once you get rolling with the, the perks and, and, and you're using it you know, with, with good aim, you're, you're kind of already doing that, right? That's why I call it the ceiling. Like, you're already hitting the ceiling of efficiency on killing trash ads. Right? Filthy Philly fan, thank you so much uh, for the brand new Prime sub, dude. Welcome. What's the role of, like, a secondary weapon or an energy weapon? Oh, pop shields, major buster. Okay. Well, are are you going to make it... I, I guess if you're two and three tapping with a high rate of fire shotgun or a good fusion, there's only a couple fusions you can kind of use efficiently in the game. That's kind of a problem, right? How do you make them stronger? Uh, I don't know. And they add perks like the one to the Merciless. Well, the Merciless, the Merciless's perk was designed around it being a power weapon, because that's what it was originally, and it was designed around boss damage. Non, you know, non-critical hits makes it shoot faster and faster and faster each time. I absolutely loathe what they make you do to get these forged. You get stuck on rocks and stuff. I hate it. I hate it. I was actually going to try out, um, uh, running a Merciless. I actually was going to try it out just to see how it felt. Um, because you can use it, you know, you can use that legendary. The charge time's 900, though. I think that's going to be the biggest problem. It's just going to be the biggest problem is that when you go to use it, you're going to feel that pain because it's meant for DPS. It's not meant for ads. Amish Milkman, to add to your talk yesterday about how scout rifles should be like mini snipers and that snipers should be boosted, do you think a super heavy sniper would work in the heavy exotic slot? A single shot, ultra high knockback and damage, but low reserves for boss damage? Think Nighthawk-like vibe? Uh, Amish, you mean like the Whisper of the Worm? with max impact and low reserves and a perk that is built for for damage like what are you talking about now you're asking what about a legendary maybe so a legendary sniper that's a heavy no you said heavy exotic you said heavy exotic so the problem there is we already have one so like I guess you could do another heavy exotic sniper but like what exactly is it going to do to warrant me using it? Um, that's going to be the, is it, yeah, the Izanami, Izanami's burden, that new sniper. Yeah, I guess I'll probably be like that. Like a massive line rifle. 
Yeah, maybe. Again, I just think the problem you're going to run into is, is if you make it exotic, it better boost damage or no one's going to use it. If it doesn't boost damage, no one's going to use it. Whisper is king. If you're in a sniper environment, Whisper is dumb, especially with Whisper Breathing. Dude, when I was getting Whisper Breathing to proc in the fight, in a well, and I was shooting Melting Point, when that was happening, I was getting... I was getting a stupid, stupid amount. Yeah, this is just an ineffective fusion if you're not doing boss damage. Um, I was getting like 400,000 a shot. Whisper breathing on top of melting point in a well. So as soon as you go into a sniper environment, the whisper's just laughing at your attempt to make another weapon. It's like, what the frick are you going to come up? What are you even going to come up with? Probably nothing. So... I would, I would say... I would say, but... I, w- I would say I like your idea. What if they did what what if they did this? Let's take your idea and spin it a little bit. Like a heavy sniper in the heavy slot that is stupidly strong and can be used for boss damage. And if you get one to roll with like triple tap or a pinnacle perk, it can unseat whisper and do what whisper does. You're obviously gonna get less optimum damage, but you wouldn't feel like, oh my gosh. I, I have to use Whisper. You'd be like, no, this is, this gets the job done. We're not in a raid. We're not doing maximum. We're not trying to do optimum DPS here. We're not doing a speed run. I can use this. I can kind of replace my Whisper. And uh, now I can run, you know, Ace of Spades or something. And I feel like it's it's I'm still okay. So. I guarantee you this guy is... He made his account 25 minutes ago. I know who this guy is, too. He'll come in here. He'll say stupid statements. He knows he's being a douchebag. He'll he'll claim that he's just trying to come in and share his opinion. Uh, his opinion is narrow-minded, stupid, uninformed assertions. They're not opinions. They're just He's just an ignorant, stupid moron. But he'll then go to Twitter and say, I'm the worst streamer ever. So, yeah, that's right. I know who you are. Nice try, though, with your 25-minute-old account. Amish Milkman. It's nice that you come in on alts, though. Coward. Uh, Amish Milkman, to add to your talk yesterday about how scout rifles should be many... Oh, I already answered this. Sorry. Rusty. Spindle was in the special slot in D1. In D2, it could compete with EP Shoddy, but Bungie would obviously need to do more powerful legendary rocket launchers and machine guns. Uh, what do you think of moving Whisper to the pa- from the power slot? Are you crazy? Did you like you <laughs> what? Uh, you must not have either seen people use Whisper as I just described. Whisper is the probably in the right circumstances, it is the strongest weapon in the game. <clears throat> I can do when I was playing with Libra and Clintus in the raid. Okay, when I was playing with Libra and Clintus in the raid, I hit. I hit 6 million, I think, damage the one time. Um, something dumb. It was it, it was a stupid amount of damage. I was, as I just said a little bit ago, I was having each shot with Whisper Breathing primed and ready to go. The buff from my being like angular next to somebody who's angular and somebody's melting point and a well. It was like over 400,000 a shot. It was dumb. You're talking about you're talking about an an enemy that has a pool of health that's enormous, and I'm chiseling away at it like it's made of a, like cookie crumbs. Like what? Um, 
it would obviously reduce the damage yeah but like the whisper's fine it's in a good place like it's a really strong powerful weapon and if you use it efficiently and, and intelligently you get maximum dps that's exactly what it should be exactly what it should be so i would that's what i would say you should do um there that i would go i would go into I would go into other lanes. If you're if you're wanting to build really big snipers and really strong snipers and put them in the secondary slot, do it. But don't move our precious whisper. Um, I, don't move our precious whisper. That would make you want to tick people off. Like, listen, we want to fix the weapon system, not irritate people. <laughs> oh my gosh, a prized favorite weapon, the sleeper, has had its aim assist lowered because of Gambit. Thanks, Bungie. Oh, the Whisper, because we're trying to make the weapon system a little bit more viable and varied, has been weakened and has been moved to the energy slot. Thanks, Bungie. Like, don't do that. Leave our leave our Whisper alone. I'll fight you tooth and nail on that one. I'll fight you tooth and nail. Your wife saw me and called me Gamer Jesus. Yeah, I get that a lot. Uh, Lincoln402. You talk about removing some of the old exotics and making them legendary, but exotics will always become less valuable because of power creep. Um, no, that's not true, and that's not what happened to these exotics. That's not even a, in a that's not even close to the appropriate diagnosis of what happened to all of the exotics. Do you know? Do you want to know what happened to all the exotics and why they're crappy? It's not power creep. It's double primary. Okay, they created, they created a double primary system where they had, those guns had purpose. Those guns had tons of purpose and felt strong and felt awesome. And then they completely changed the weapon system. That's not exactly, I guess you could say that's power creep, but that's not power creep, right? That's not power creep. Like, power creep is when you come out with new stuff that's stronger than the old stuff, so the old stuff just becomes irrelevant. That's not what happened to Graviton, Sunshot, uh, any of those weapons. Those weapons were seen as viable options because you were using two primaries. Like, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's what happened. I don't think that's the appropriate... I don't think that's the appropriate um, diagnosis. Now, you might say, well, it's basically power creep because now they're weak. Yeah, but Merciless is pretty good against the boss, too. I don't know what they were using, probably sleepers. But Merciless, if I would have had a full if I would have had a full amount of ammo there on a rally barricade, Merciless is great for damage. It just isn't good for, it's just not a good secondary weapon because the charge time is just unbelievably terrible. Um, two power creep issues that c- contributed to it. Right, but like traditionally power creep is known as power creep is traditionally not known as traditionally like if this game would have landed and those guns would have launched. Okay, let's just imagine. Let's just go back in time. And here's why I'm, I, th- I think this is why I'm right and you're wrong about the power creep thing. Let me try and make my case here. Give me a moment. Let's go back in time and rewind the clock. And imagine that we don't have double primary when Destiny 2 lands, okay? If you don't have double primary when Destiny 2 lands, I still think you would look at Graviton Lance, Sunshot, uh, any of those weapons, Polaris Lance, and you'd be like, I'm not going to use these. These aren't good. They're not strong enough. It's not power creep that makes them bad. It's the fact that they don't do anything significant. That's what makes them bad. 
You see what I'm saying? Like, what makes them bad is the fact that they don't meet a particular pain point. They don't meet the pain point of these other power weapons. Of these other exotic power weapons. So you would still you would still open up this exotic collection and you'd say, okay, exotics. Alright, let's take a look here. Because we don't have double primary, right? We're not being forced into double primary. Why am I using a hard light, a graviton lance, a cold heart, a sunshot? Why am I using a uh, a telesto or a merciless when I can use Thunderlord, 1K Voices, Sleeper, Whisper? That's not power creep. They're not strong enough to be even justify use. Power creep is when you're like, this gun's great. And then a year later, you're like, oh, this gun's better. Power creep. Right? The dependence upon exotic power weapons and buffs to legendary damage perks are both power creep. No, not true. Nope. Midnight Coup was a vanilla weapon, and Midnight Coup is a pinnacle primary weapon that does the the TTK ad clearing efficiency of any exotic primary you can put in my lap. You're wrong. The, the existence of guns like the Midnight Coup and even the Better Devils, like, and Rampage got buffed? No, when? That's not power creep. It's a vanilla weapon. Midnight Coup is in the game at the beginning. It's not power creep. It isn't. You can get a a, a Midnight Coup that is as good as any of these legendary primaries out of the box day one, month one. That's not power creep. Rampage got buffed and forsaken? No. That, 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 that's irrelevant to what I'm saying, Eugene. Go back in time. Nobody was using Midnight Coup and saying, man, this gun's weak. I really should be using an exotic. Nobody was doing that. Midnight Coup was a pinnacle weapon in its context over and above all of these weapons. Even back then, it was better and it made more sense to use Midnight Coup over these. It wasn't power creep that made these not viable primaries. You're wrong. Now, oh, they made Rampage stronger. Okay, sure, but even when Rampage wasn't buffed, Midnight Coup was still a better primary option than using one of these exotics. Like, go back in time, equip a Midnight Coup, equip a equip an Ikolos shotgun. Imagine we had this weapon loadout, right? And take away my Rampage buff. Midnight Coup still makes way more sense than running than than putting away any good exotic. That's not power creep. That's game out of the box. Here's the weapon system. Weapon system is here's pinnacle. Here's pinnacle kinetic weapons you can use that have the same efficiency in TTK as these other exotic primaries. That's not power creep. That's not power creep. Power creep is here's forsaken. We've made all these things stronger that now undercuts the power of those primary weapons. Those primary exotic weapons were bad at launch. They're, they were bad at launch. Graviton was so bad, they had to buff it and give it a catalyst at launch. It was terrible. By design, they don't function as exotics. That's the problem. Even if you go back in time and you give me the choice between Midnight Coup, Vanilla Midnight Coup, versus Ace of Spades, Midnight Coup still wins. Why? Because Ace of Spades doesn't make me that significantly and more measurably better at killing ads. You know what makes me more measurably and considerably stronger? Is virtually every exotic power weapon. Now you'd say, oh, that's power creep. Those weapons weren't in the game. What are exotic power weapons that were in the game at launch? Uh, 
there was the Wardcliffe Coil was basically the go-to, wasn't it? Wardcliffe, and when did Sleep Sleeper came with Warmind? So just in vanilla, I think pretty much everybody probably just would equip the Wardcliffe Coil. And then yeah, Mer- and then Mer- and Merciless. Like if Merciless was still down in the power slot, let's imagine they didn't nerf Merciless and move it, right? Merciless and Wardcliffe Coil just made sense whenever you were doing damage to a boss. They were just really, really strong. Now, people pivoted away and said, oh, well, I'm going to use Sins of the Past or a... Oh, what's the frickin' rocket launcher from the van- from the Vanguard? Uh, I always forget the name of it. Um, Curtain Call. People were using Sins of the Past and Curtain Call because of the... because of the the cluster bombs but that again is another vanilla problem that's not power creep out of the box there were legendary weapons that were as good or better than exotics that's not power creep that is bad power hierarchy design power creep is when warmind lands and sleeper is the best power weapon that's power creep like power creep isn't open the box vanilla destiny 2 midnight coup Sins of the Past, Curtain Call. These are all weapons that are better than exotics. They just make more sense than using an exotic. Exotics were gimmicky. Like, there weren't any real exotics year one that, like, really made sense to use in PvE. They just didn't. Did I miscalculate? I only have four. Wait. I didn't... Somewhere along the line, I didn't get Modulus reports. Sleeper is power creep, and because of Sleeper, we stopped running other exotics. Precisely. Precisely. So, listen. The reason I'm getting so wound up and passionate about this is because you guys are you guys are pointing the finger at the wrong thing. Destiny 2, out of the box, didn't even have exotics that were really worth using because these weapons, as they are designed, even before you made Rampage stronger, even before you made Rampage stronger... A pinnacle, really good legendary weapon like the Mananan or the the Midnight Coup or a Better Devils. They were better and more worth using than any of these kinetic, any of these weapons. Were you really going to use, there's not, I mean, I guess Telesto, you could have argued was worth, was probably pretty worth using. Did Telesto come out of the box though? Wasn't Telesto added later? I think Telesto was added later. So that kind of doesn't even apply. And Telesto was a yeah, Telesto was a power weapon, so it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. In the realm of double primary, the only reason you were running exotic primaries was because you had two primaries, and really you could use Wardcliffe. I'm sorry, you could use Sins of the Past, and you could and you could use Curtain Call. That's not power creep. That is that that are exotic weapons that as they are designed should probably just be pinnacle legendaries with random rolls, which is exactly what I've been arguing for. Like when you really really think about it and you really analyze what Graviton Lance does, Graviton Lance, if this was a legendary, this is swappable with a breakneck. They do kind of the same thing. They have a little, they have a little spice and a little pizzazz that make them really good at managing ads. Oh, I can't spray like crazy with onslaught. I have to be more choosy with my choices and my shots, and I get some damage control. It's a little bit better than maybe it's better than dragonfly because it kind of seeks things out that are behind corners and stuff, right? 
this should th- this is not an exotic weapon, but it passes an exotic weapon because it was delivered during a time of double primary. We're still living in the, like it's again. That's why I don't think power creep is the right symptom. It's not the right diagnosis. This is a great discussion, by the way. I'm loving this, but I don't think power creep is the appropriate diagnosis for most of the exotics that are crap. Most of the primary weapons that nobody's using, it's not power creep. They were never really that great to begin with because they were as good as other pinnacle primaries. The game gets better as more powerful weapons are introduced. Well, right. Like I'm literally, I'm literally telling them they should do power creep when I tell them that whenever they deliver a new deliverable of the season pass, they should basically look at that, look at the the weapon pool and say, what can we add to every archetype that's like onslaught? So then you're chasing a pulse rifle that has a perk that's like Onslaught and it's randomly rolled and you're hoping for the curated roll, right? That's organic longevity. You're chasing a gun that feels better and stronger than the pulse rifles of the past. That's power creep and that's okay because that's kind of how you nudge players forward. You don't force them to use the new stuff, but you nudge them forward, right? And that's my whole point in my whole discussion was if you look at most of the exotic primary weapons, most of their perks just belong on a pinnacle legendary weapon. Ride the bull, just that's that's a pinnacle SMG. Ride the bull on the Huckleberry and Onslaught on the Breakneck are practic are basically dead even. They're basically dead even. But this is an exotic. This should be a grindable weapon. There's a curated version of it. It's legendary, and it has a bunch of random rolls beneath it in efficiency. So you're grinding for a Huckleberry. Casual to mid-casual players are happy just to have the new SMG, and it's hot and it's sexy, and you want the curated roll with Ride the Bull. Most of the exotic the exotic perks on primary weapons, I believe they have found a better way forward with the weapon system, and it rests and it resides in Trench Barrel and Onslaught. These are exotic weapons that we're calling legendary like that that's just that's just the truth and i think it just makes better sense it just makes better sense in the weapon pool and for longevity and for grind and for bungie to have the power to create new stuff that matters each time that's the solution the power of the creep that happened that's the problem is you're required to run an exotic power weapon Right, but the only reason you're required to run an an exotic power weapon brutal gear is because power weapons have been with the exception of curtain call and sins of the past they they and again this is why power creeps not quite the right diagnosis double primary is the main problem they moved merciless what like they shifted things around that were originally strong because of double primary using sunshine example is not run anymore because of power creep caused by exotic power weapons and then its exotic perk isn't that much better than the new Firefly and Firefly mod compo. That's power creep, but it's not the only issue. Right, but again, Eugene, you're you're making my point for me, right? Sunshot was never that impressive to begin with. If all it takes is Dragonfly and a Dragonfly mod to make this thing weak, then this thing was pretty weak to begin with. It was pretty weak to begin with, but if this was a pinnacle version of a legendary weapon that you could grind for, like, I think you'd have a different equation on your hands. It would be like, well, Power Creep is making the Sunshot irrelevant. Well, that's not that big of a deal. It was a pinnacle legendary weapon. That's okay. You would be, it'd be, it would, it would make more sense. 
even but even again even again d2 vanilla out of the box kinetic and and energy primaries primary weapons as exotics just they they were basically just matching the efficiency of a really good legendary weapon like the better devils or the midnight coup that's why I think I think like like I think that's why I think claiming it's power it's power creep is a little bit of like a it's a misapplication of the term because there were bigger more far-reaching problems that that brought us to this point I think so I don't want to beat the dead horse great discussion we're both saying the same thing we're both basically saying these weapons aren't any good because you've added you've added marginal power that's just completely made them irrelevant. But even if the sunshot was as good or better than a dragonfly hand cannon right now, a dragonfly hand cannon with dragonfly spec, if the sunshot was still arguably stronger than that, it wouldn't matter because you don't have any good legendary options in the power slot because grenade launchers have sucked since launch. Rocket launchers haven't been that good either. What, two good rocket launchers out of the bunch? Come on. Don't act like they've been good and suddenly power creep made them bad right power creep made the two pinnacle rocket launchers not worth using if they gave you pinnacle grenade launchers and pinnacle rocket launchers you would suddenly feel empowered to put down your exotic power weapons all right we need to move on uh deity seraph says what do you think about getting to use two exotics in general but the armor or weapon crown of tempest and transversive steps or sleeper and huckleberry I don't understand your question. Crown of Tempest and Transversive Steps or Sleeper and Huckleberry. Oh, like you can pair them together? No, we don't want to start going that route. I don't think that's the solution either. I just, I think the best thing to do is to lean into what's working for Grind. I just don't think you gain anything by creating exotics that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the best exotic primary and the best exotic energy weapon is going to hit a ceiling that we're already at we're already there a pinnacle shotgun and a pinnacle hand cannon that's legendary or the breakneck it's already at the ceiling of efficiency against trash ads so creating more exotic energy and 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 kinetic weapons it only matters if you're if you're number one helping out the power slot so i can equip different things right and number two, I don't know how much you gain by doing that. I think it's just better to do more legendary weapons with pinnacle perks, random rolls, and creating a grind that's more about loot pursuit. I just think that's far better. How do you feel about hipfire grip on snipers? We already talked about this. I think you need bad perks to make the good perks seem good. If, if you eliminate every bad perk on a gun get rid of moving target, get rid of hip fire grip, get rid of all these things. Well, then you have this marginal difference between roles and you kind of, you kind of minimize the need to grind, right? There's just good roles and God roles. And the differences between them are really small. If you, if you get rid of all bad perks, I don't think that's good. I think you have to have bad perks in the mix because you need a black eye on the gun. You're like, Oh man, I got feeding frenzy, but I didn't get rampage. I got rampage, but I didn't get feeding frenzy. Like you want to have that be a thing. Cause if not, there's this this teeny teeny smidgen of difference between a god roll and a good roll. Right now, it's like bad roll, not so bad roll, decent roll, good roll, god roll. There's like a nice spectrum because of having perks like that and having perk you know diversity. That's why I think pinnacle versions and pinnacle perks like onslaught and trench barrel are so important because that's the crown jewel of a legendary archetype. We just need more of them. 
We need more of them. We don't need more exotics. I think if you want more grind, you want more loot pursuit, and you want more personalization, I think what I'm putting forth is the solution to that. Is more more pinnacle perks on archetypes that you grind for with random rolls. You know. So, and the reason I'm running different forges is this one's faster. So when I need modular seeds, I come here. I buy the frame. Uh, we just got out of sync. One time, I guess I didn't get modulus reports because maybe because I didn't shoot the boss or something. I think I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. But there was a time where I didn't shoot the boss and I didn't get modulus reports. I ran through the pile and it treated me like I hadn't compl- like like we failed the forge, uh, but we had beat the forge. I just I guess I don't know. I didn't get modulus reports for some reason. We only did one Valender run. I thought we did two. No, we did two because we did the one where I didn't shoot the boss and then we did the next one. We did two. I did not get seeds in the run where I shot him. I promise you I didn't. Unless I'm, like, losing my brain. I thought we only did... I thought we did two. Anyway. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Desert Zaku, uh, what are your thoughts on the lack of 180 RPM hand cannons? The only one to be introduced since Forsaken was a Luna's Hell and then I've Forgotten. Uh, and those don't drop with random rolls. Well, I mean, that's one of the ways to protect their their pinnacle integrity. You, you, you kind of disrespect their pinnacle nature if you can get other 180 hand cannons. It's just that they don't have... Oh, you don't get you don't get Magnificent Howl. That's one of the reasons why I think they have bad rocket launchers in the game right now. I think they're going to... They're really going to want to bring back the Galahorn and have it be amazing. And one of the ways to do that is to make rocket launchers suck. Um... And one of the ways to make Lunas Hal and Not Forgotten seem even better is you can't get 180s anywhere. Trust is 180, that's right. You just don't have a really intentional grind for a trust. This is why the Ada bounty system is so good. If Drifter had a bounty each week for the for the, the trust and you could run that bounty over and over again, that'd be amazing. McHappy says, do you think they could make another rarity uh, of, or like a black rarity? So there's three weapon slots and three endgame rarities. One exotic, one legendary, and one like mithril. I mean, I, you're talking about creating an entirely new idea in Destiny. I'm not opposed to it. I just don't know if annual pass content is the time for them to try that. I mean, if they do, more power to them. But I mean, look at the state of Gambit. They tried to introduce a new game mode, and it largely has limped along and has all kind of design problems. I would be concerned about suddenly adding, you know, black black mithril weapons. I think pinnacle weapons in each archetype is a better idea. It works within the existing systems, and they've already tried it and tested it out, and it has worked. Breakneck is fantastic. You know, it's great. Um... I mean, Desperado is a great perk, but it's more built for PVE. So I really think they need to bring Desperado to pulses. Um, and Trench Barrel, you know, Trench Barrel on a shotgun. It works. People want that thing. They go for it, you know. They've proven that working within these systems, they can create a lot of they can create a lot of grind and a lot of intrigue. Um, so uh, the Cleric. What do you think about having legendary pinnacle weapons where you have to run quest steps to get certain pieces of the weapon to craft it? Uh, so there's a layer of RNG. Here's the thing. I don't think quests for pinnacle weapons are the way to do it. Um, I don't think that's the way to do it. Okay. So, and I'm going to give you my reasoning behind this. If I'm grinding the raid and I'm going for trench barrel on the shotgun and I can't get it to drop... That creates a grind and a loot pursuit, okay? 
And then you look at the breakneck, okay? And you say, okay, how do I get the breakneck? You just play a bunch of games and shoot auto rifles. Wait, what? Like, do you see the difference? Like, it's a loot pursuit game, and that doesn't feel like loot pursuit to me. That just feels like a transaction. I'm not against questline items and guns. I, I, I don't know. I just don't know if that's the place for it. Maybe you do the quest line and it opens up a grind for you to go after the weapon and get the random rolls. You know what I mean? Look, Ollie, with a brand new Prime stuff. Thank you so much. Um, I don't I, like. I don't know. Like, I'm thinking to myself about all the different ways we get weapons, and I just feel like transaction of time is always so boring, and it just leads to us like dumping in as much time as possible. There's a romance and there's a there's a frustration and an irritation that comes with grinding for a weapon, you know? There's there's something special that goes on there. You know, getting one threat level in nine runs doesn't feel like loot pursuit uh, either when it's one of four weapons. Right, and so Milo, maybe there's a happy middle ground here. That's where I said maybe there could be a currency in the raid and an extra chest for you to open that has a high likelihood of dropping the thing everybody's wanting. So that gives you a reason to grind beyond your first three and you're kind of and then you kind of save up for the next week you know i think that that'd be a good middle ground it gives you intentionality but it still leans into the existing rng and keeps you kind of keeps you in the raid more uh i think that'd be good Uh, jchrist66 says, Lono, my last seven exotics have almost all been weapons. Are they going to fix the exotic protection? Yeah, exotic protection is, is in my estimation, um, exotic protection is just not, is not working. Uh, is not working. So, Zer has Knucklehead Radar, gross, and he has Apotheosis Veil for Warlocks. No one cares. And then he has Aeon Safe for Titans. Like, why? Uh, and then he has Merciless. Okay, well. You can't win them all. We'll go buy a Faded Ingram and see if we can't get a good random roll on armor. As we're talking about exotics, we're about to go to the tower and do a little experimenting. Uh, he's behind Dead Orbit, so we'll do that in just a minute live. And uh, serendipitously, Jay Chris just asked about this. It doesn't seem to be working. Uh, you know, like when I buy a faded Ingram, I should never be getting a weapon. I should never, ever, ever be getting a repeat weapon. Like, it should say duplicate weapons are really unlikely, armor dupes are more likely, and then you can go and you can say, you know, hey, I got a random roll on Orpheus rigs. This makes it worth my time, right? Other than that, I yeah, I genuinely don't understand uh, why they even mentioned it. Like, I, I agree with Milo. Duplicate exotics should never drop. It doesn't make any sense. It just shouldn't. They're ri- the exotic drops are rare enough. They don't need to be dropping dupe weapons. Well, if I was Bungie, I wouldn't have said jack squat. I would not have said jack squat about it. I would have tried to fix it, checked their reports, said, hey, we're working on some solutions. We're hoping to have this fixed. And then, once it's fixed, then announce that it's fixed. They announce that it's fixed, and it's. I just think it's very, very clearly not. Oh, it's anecdotal evidence. Homie, if I get seven weapons in a row, or four or five weapons in a row, th- that's supposed to be mathematically almost impossible. 
I'm not sure why you would, wouldn't uh, have Zer offer a faded Ingram that can offer a Forsaken exotic. Gives people a chance for one guaranteed new exotic a week. Well, Kratos, my idea gets at what you're doing, but it leaves the excitement of the drop. I have said there should be like a prime attunement, but it's exotic. And you have a chance at one exotic basically a week. If you don't get one, the next Tuesday it sees that and it bumps your drop. I think dropping in the wild is better than buying from Zur, and then we both get our way. That's what I, I that's what, how I would do it. I, I don't like buying new exotics from him. Now, buying repeat exotics or random rolls or whatever, I think that's a, a little bit better than, you know, how it's traditionally been been done. Like, Zur is, Zur is touchy. Zur is a touchy subject, I think. I think him selling exotics is always going to be a bit of like, whoa, whoa, hold on, slow down. We don't want him selling Galahorn week two or whatever the frick happened in D1. Uh, this has been a great Q&A, guys, though. So thanks so much uh, for taking part. If you're here and enjoying this, be sure to click that follow button. Bamford says, we are now deep enough into the annual pass to know what the cadence uh, will be going forward. Do you think people who aren't happy but stick it out in the hopes of change are setting themselves up for disappointment? We're deep enough into the annual pass to know what the cadence will be going forward. Do you think people who aren't happy but stick it out in the hopes to go forward? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think if they can get the leveling and if they can get leveling and infusion right so that the player base at large doesn't feel like new content is held at arm's length from then, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. The hardcore grinders and the streamers just need to let that go. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Infusion being painful and leveling being slow, just let that freaking ship sail. Just take that one on the chin. You were wrong. The, the community hasn't responded well to it. If only 12 to 20% of the people were at max level at 600 when the first annual pass deliverable landed, then you have a terrible structure of content. Three months of Forsaken, and a majority of the player base wasn't at 600. That breaks your new content structure. The only way it doesn't break your new content structure is if is if people can get to 600 lightning fast as soon as the new power cap comes out and then you had the forges structured at a 600, 625, and a 650 difficulty setting. Like, people just need to let that shift sail. And it's not a value point for you, so it's not hurting your experience. If infusion becomes easier and leveling up becomes easier, it doesn't hurt the hardcore players because the hardcore players hit max level the first week and they readily admit all the time that infusion's not painful for them because you should play like them. That ship needs to frickin' sail as fast as it possibly can. It, it needs to. Because it, it, it's hurting the reception and the cadence of the content. We got a Kepri's horn, so we did get armor. It went to the uh, it went to the postmaster because I was full I was full on armor. So we did get an armor piece, so that's good. We didn't get a weapon. We got a cut and run with outlaw dragonfly and reload. I've got, I think cut and run generally you want uh, Genesis though. I think popping the shields is a little bit more important. Uh, so <laughs> let it go. Lona's the man of the people. I just, I, I think that if you're going to argue for pain points that don't land on you, you're com- you're just completely out of touch. I, you're just out of touch. It's, it's not about that anymore. It's about getting people in the game and playing and enjoying themselves. That's the goal. Not arguing for pain points that don't touch you. Why? Oh, why would you do this? Enhanced hand cannon targeting, enhanced bow targeting, and heavy ammo finder on the freaking Kepri's horn, dudes. Why? Can you imagine... I want you to imagine this roll and how much you would salivate if this rolled on the one-eyed mask. 
Oh my gosh. Gee, many freaking Christmas. This perk is so dumb. Worst exotic in the game. I'm saving it in case they ever bring perk infusion. If they bring perk infusion, I'll be. Uh, it's. A, I know it's a long shot. I know it's a long. <laughs> I know it's a long shot, but I'm gonna put that one in the vault. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna save that one just in case. Just in case. I'm also gonna just put all my my gambit and vanguard uh, ones and the wing and the in the wing just in case we ever need full sets of those again. I'm saving those. That would actually be perfect. That would be the most insane roll ever. That's such a punch in the stomach. <laughs> that is such a punch in the stomach, dude. All right, what do we have to do for this? Okay, now we can go back uh, and do the Earth Forge. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, or YouTube, I'm sorry for the little little break there in the question and answer, uh, but man... <laughs> Uh, you're so sad you don't have one-eyed mask. One-eyed mask is just, it's good everywhere. It's so nice. Um, so yeah, good question, Bamford. I, I think we're on our way. I think we're on our way. Here's what I think they're going to do, if I could theorize. I think they're going to do something in mid to end of January to try to reinvigorate the player base. And they could maybe just rely on um, the next the next Crimson Days, Okay. So Bungie's really, really smart about getting people to come back. And I think the dawning combined with, with, with better leveling has helped the player base. That's why I think the player base numbers bounce back. People are like, well, the game was just free. I think the player base numbers bounce back because of the dawning and because they made leveling better. Primes are dropping more with bigger, bigger bumps to your power. And then your milestones have bigger power jumps as long as you're under 600, right? So what I think they're probably going to aim at doing is they're going to come back from January and one of their first updates and one of their first announcements is going to maybe be some really, really good improvements to leveling again in whenever the da- whenever um, Crimson Days lands. Because when Crimson Days lands, it, it people get interested, they want to come back, it's an event, and then if they do again, if they say, hey, we made leveling better again one more time, I think that that is when, and we made Infusion better. This is what I think they need to say when they come back from the Christmas break. When Crimson Days lands, enhancement cores are no longer a part of Infusion, okay? And leveling is even more intentional. All of your milestones now tell you what you get, just like Ada. When you look at Ada and it says you get powerful armor, that, that every milestone should be that way every week. You should literally be able to open up your director and go, okay, Gambit. Okay, there's two powerful rewards there. Oh, one's a powerful gun, one's powerful armor. Nice, Vanguard. You come in here, you highlight this, it says armor. You highlight this, it says gun, armor. Over here, gun, armor. Like that, that is the way to get people to come back. Because they're like, ooh, Crimson Days and you're making leveling better and you're making Infusion not kick me into groin all the time. That's amazing. That will bring everybody back. And then that will set them up really, really well on a runway to lead to Joker's Wild. Because you're going to bring people back in. Right now, people came back in kind of because of the dawning and leveling's a little bit better, but I still, I'm still getting lots, lots. My most popular videos right now are leveling is bad and fixing infusion. Why? Those are the two major pain points of the community, and it's disrupting their flow, their cadence, and their engagement with the content. So they're all like, fix this, please. Oh my gosh. If they can fix those two things, pain of infusion and leveling, I think more people are just bound to stay in the game, play, grind for these guns in the forges, and enjoy the events. 
So I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that I would not be surprised if their first major update to the game, whether it's before or for before dawning or with the dawning, I'm sorry, not the dawning, before Crimson Days or with Crimson Days, it's gonna take it's gonna take aim at infusion and it's gonna take aim at the milestones again. So that's my prediction. Brutal Gear. The issue I see with putting the exotic perks on legendaries is you lose creative design and you don't gain any diverse options. This type of weapons were represented in Destiny Year 1, Fatebringer, Black Hammer, G-Horn. The only people who didn't run the loadout were people who did not have those weapons. Fatebringer and Black Hammer were clearly the legendaries uh, with exotic perks. And they were the ones that rose to the top, just like the Ikelos shotgun. These exotics fall outside the pinnacle. Here's why I think you're wrong, Brutal Gear. There is a spectrum of player, and that would create a spectrum of, of, of equipment being used. So let's just imagine, let's imagine that this season, the Breakneck was a gun that you grinded for in Gambit, similar to how we're grinding for these weapons. You buy, you would buy, uh, you would have bought a, um, a, uh, a, a bounty from Drifter, and you'd play, 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 and you'd hope to get the, and you'd hope to get the, the, the role that has Onslaught. Right. Well, all along the way, there would be versions of the breakneck that maybe come with onslaught, but don't have the perfect synergy. Right? It doesn't have the perfect synergy. Maybe it's missing a perk, but it gets it gets onslaught, rampage, and then maybe it gets something that makes the reload quite a bit slower. I don't know, something like that. Right? So everybody's grinding for this. Everybody could also be grinding for this pulse. Let's say that they put desperado on this pulse. Okay. And then you got the shotgun with trench barrel. And then you could do some other things like that. The reason that works so well, the reason that works so well is the spectrum of players land on the spectrum of the, the roles. The reason you can point to Fatebringer and all those guns in D1 and say, well, that's all anybody use. Well, they were God rolls, but they were also static rolls, right? There are plenty of people in the community that would get a good roll on a breakneck or a good roll on this pulse and they'd be thrilled and happy and they'd and they'd be they'd be great. Multiple options along the spectrum of efficiency. Instead, what it turns into now is it's like, oh, this is an exotic, it's a static roll, it's not strong anymore, throw it in the trash bin, don't use it. Or like you're saying, everybody's using the same gear? Not necessarily. There's a variety. This is the beauty of this system. Let me show you right here. Perfect example. Here is the curated threat level. I think my random rolled threat level is better. Why? It has light mag, quick draw, and full choke. Instead of having barrel shroud and grave robber. And I don't need stability on the masterwork. I have handling on the masterwork. So a handling masterwork with quick draw, I get to pull that threat level up really freaking fast. So I feel like my role is better than the curated role. So guess what that does? That creates a spectrum of enjoyment and a spectrum of grind for the player, right? You're going, you're going for one role. I'm going for another. So that's diversity. You may hate auto rifles and you're not going to go for the breakneck, but you might go for this blast furnace because it has desperado on it, right? It doesn't have desperado. I'm just saying if it did, right? If it had that potential, people are mainly going for it because it has feeding frenzy. That's the key, right? Why were people going for the orchid? People were going for the orchid because the orchid could get uh, rampage and. Uh, kill clip to stack, especially if you got it to roll with drop mag. 
that's what people are going for it the minute there's that unique version people go for it and they chase it and the reason this works so so well with the player base at large is because the casual player is like I'm happy with a good to decent roll right there's always those solid rolls on a gun you're like no that's a solid roll I've got solid rolls on the blast furnace right now I've got you know I've got kill clip and feeding frenzy and uh, and light mag uh, not light mag and flared magwell I have a kill clip feeding frenzy with drop mag which that's perfect for pvp that's the fastest reload you can have in the game on the weapon and you don't have to worry about drop mag hurting your ammo capacity in pvp right that roll doesn't mean jack squat to me but it would mean a lot to a guy who loves pulses in pvp so i think my system would create a ridiculous amount of diversity Hey guys, for Joker's Wild, every single gun archetype, maybe not every single archetype, every single gun type, we got a pulse rifle, we got an auto rifle, we got a scout, we got a shotgun, we got a hand cannon, we got a fusion rifle, a rocket launcher, grenade launcher, all of them, all of them have the classic random rolls you can go with. They look cool, they look different, so that's fun, right? They look fresh, so you can replace your your hand cannon with this hand cannon if you want an outlaw rampage, go right ahead, there you go. But there's a pinnacle version that has this new perk on it. There's a pinnacle version that, that, that has this new perk on it, and then that creates what I call organic longevity. You're grinding as long as you can put up with it because you want the absolute best 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 roll. And every season change the pinnacle curated roll with new perks. Like, yes, yes, that's healthy power creep. That's healthy power creep. Nobody's telling you can't use your guns from last season or or from year one. Nobody's telling you you can't do that. But we're saying, oh, uh, did you see that new perk on the breakneck? Did you see trench barrel on that new shotgun? Did you see desperado on that pulse rifle? Did you see any of the other perk ideas that we've come up with? Like, that's it. And then Bungie doesn't have to focus so much on like what kind of amazing roles we have to come up with. What kind of amazing this or that do we have to come up with? No, just make the weapons aesthetically pleasing. Give us new versions. There's the random roles that can create the grind. And then there's that one pinnacle perk you got to come up with. You only got to come up with one per weapon every season. Come on, that's not too hard, Bungie. That's not too hard. I think you can do it. You came up with Trench Barrel and Onslaught. I think you can come up with a new weapon perk every season for every gun type. And you're done. That's healthy power creep. Valiant. How'd you feel about a system where you could choose to crypt your prime ingram into an exotic armor piece you already have at your current power to give you an intentional way to grind for exotics? Do it. Ship it. I love it. Yes. If I could be like, I don't need primes anymore. I got a prime. Okay. Well, you can't You can't try and convert it into an exotic you don't have, but you can turn it into an exotic that you do have try to give you like a better roll on on a, on a piece of armor that you you don't have yet you don't have the roll you want like that Kepri's horn roll that I got I mean oh my gosh can you imagine chasing that roll chasing that roll on a one-eyed mask Gemini freaking Christmas that would be so so good I love this only for ones you already have but yes I love this you literally a prime ingram gives you a collection ticket and you go into the exotic armor in your collection, you cash in that, uh, that, that, that that collection ticket, and it spits out that armor with a random roll. Do it. What about Trench Barrel on an SMG? Yeah, that might work. It had to be a pretty good uh, damage increase. Or, uh, or Onslaught on a Pulse or a Hand Cannon. Yeah, Onslaught on a Pulse would be really good. Oh my, Cartwheel! 
Bet 44. One more for you. As far as melee weapons such as swords, I think it would be a cool idea if they implemented different melee weapon types. You could have like a Warhammer or something like a heavy slot, and it deals significantly more damage or possibly staggers, but it's really slow. Then have swords in the secondary for smaller shielded enemies. Yeah, I don't know if they need to dig too heavily into lots of variety of melee weapons. It's a looter shooter after all. Um, swords are nice. They're like nice. I'm gonna make a little rhyme here. They're nice for spice, but uh, we don't want a ton of spice. <laughs> like uh, at, at its heart, it's a looter shooter. So I don't want I don't want to be running people running around. That what you're designing there feels like a dungeon crawler RPG, right? You got hammers and you got swords and you got mauls and you got maces and you got you know dual wielding swords. And I know we're all kind of salivating, but you're salivating for another game at that point. Like that sounds like a different RPG to me. Only ruins remain. Uh, what would you think of adding melee weapon slot like swords, daggers, brass knuckles, uh, freaking nunchuck? It's just an idea. I think this guy read the other question and got inspired. The one that we just answered. Um, yeah, I, uh, this just again feels like a departure. Feels like a departure from a. a, a, a it's a looter shooter. Uh, and suddenly having like a melee slot like can we be honest about something Just, what the frick are sidearms doing in the game like if you were going to put sidearms in the game they should have had their own slot as like oh crap pull out your sidearm you know like a lot of the times I get these guys down to like a sliver of health I would love I would love to be able to to like double tap Y and get out a sidearm and, and then put it away like, sidearms are so stupid in PvE, uh, and Dead Man Walking is really fun, but they're just dumb. They, they don't, like, why are they even in the game? They don't make much sense. Um, and, I, that like, if you're going to put something in its own slot, put a sidearm in its own slot, not a melee weapon. Uh, Mimir00, since the exotic weapons are pretty much boring and very niche, could they just uh, add 10% to make them more useful? I mean, I don't know if you just want to blanketedly say, let's make every exotic in the game stronger. Um, perfectly timed super, by the way. I don't know if you want to do that. I don't know if you just want to make uh, them just blanketedly stronger. By the way, if you're new, guys, we had the follower thing on. We turned it off. Maz, you're just going to have to, I guess, do what you can. I don't like Q&A getting, uh, getting turned into followers. I just realized that's been on for a while. Um, I want new folks that come in, especially from YouTube, to be able to contribute and take part. Um, the creator 009, thoughts on the breakneck being taken out of the game? The frick would you do that for? Um, why would you break the, the Christmas toy that they were we, we all were loving and playing with? What on earth? No. Um, you need to be quiet and sit in the corner. Shh, none from you. No more from you. Juice box. Um, Lono, you keep saying that legendary swords are garbage, but they've always been garbage since D1. The only reason anyone ever used a legendary sword uh, in D1 was to complete the quest and get the exotic. We need dope exotic swords like Dark Drinker. Uh, what would you like to see on an exotic sword? I mean, th listen, that we have exotic swords, brother. <laughs> we have exotic swords. Um, and they're silly. You have a black talon, and you have a world line zero, and they're just silly. Like, why? Um, I, 
if you lower those 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 their damage and you make them energy weapons and give them more ammo capacity, World Line Zero and the, and the Black Talon might get used every once in a while. Especially if you create legendary grenade launchers, legendary grenade launchers, and legendary rocket launchers that are worth using. Put them in the energy slot, lower their damage a little bit, give them way more ammo, and they might get used. And then you could still create great exotic swords, but they don't have any place in the power slot. None. They're not power weapons. They're, they're, they did, they've been misclassified. Black Talon's actually good. I have never once gotten into a single piece of content and thought, you know what I need right now? I need a Black Talon. A Haunted Forest was the only spot because it kept you in the air, and if you had the helmet leveled up so you were invincible in the air, that was it. Brand new uh, Prime sub from Dank Flanks. Thank you very much. <clears throat> um, Black Talon is used in PvP. Okay, so maybe my inexperience in PvP uh, is 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 showing. Um, you know, I I think it's a silly weapon. World Line Zero Two. It just you know, why did that even why that weapon even get created? I. I don't know. Next question. Uh, quick and deadly. What if they designed a boss similar to what they did in the Crota fight, where you had to use a certain type of damage to constantly keep the boss's shield down, but you would need to use different damage type to actually take the boss's health down? Let's say, during one phase, you would need to do solar damage to keep the boss's shields down. Then you'd have to use kinetic to actually take his health down. Well, I mean, you're talking about a mechanically heavy fight, and then instead of tying it to a relic, instead of tying it to a relic, you're tying it to a, you know, a, a amp, like specific ammo. I've said things like this before. Like, what if there was an enemy that very clearly, like, it, they even kind of taught you, like, you need to run fusions to knock his shield off, like, because of it, like, because of some kind of acid burn or something. I don't know. Like, I've had ideas like this before, but I think in general, the problem with that is. What do you do with that content day one when someone goes in and they're like, I don't have any of that, right? I I don't know if that achieves what you want. That just feels like over-legislation and pain. Um, you're like, you have to do it this way. I interacted with Datto on the one podcast, and when I, you know, I had all these ideas about the Golgoroth encounter, and he was like, well, when you require perfection from people... It leads to, you know, frustration and people disengaging. And then you get into raid content and you're like, I need what? I need that. I need this. I need that. I got to jump through this hoop, jump through that hoop. Now, if you make that a modifier or something that's staggered later on once people have good depth of gear, I might be more inclined to say, yeah, that's fine. But I feel like being that stringent and specific is more fraught with problems than good. Uh, Project 88. What do I do with all the other versions of my legendary weapons once I get the pinnacle version? My vault would be empty. Okay, let me ask you a question. What the frick good does it have a vault full of legendary weapons now? What are you doing with them? Are you staring at them? Like, are you getting them out and, like, petting them every once in a while? <laughs> like, I'm being blunt with you, but what what, what does it matter? Why? We only save weapons because we're like, they might buff this one day. It's basically what we do. That's that. What? No. It's a loot pursuit game. You're pursuing good loot. I'm not collecting garbage. Like, like, of course, yes. So right now, with the breakneck, yeah, I get an auto rifle, and it, I, sh- I I shard it. I get rid of it. Ain't no reason to have it. That's 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 kind of what you do in games like this. You, you get the best of the best, and you shard the rest. 
that sounds good. Put that on a bumper sticker. Like, you don't... <laughs> Why are you saving stuff? Like, I don't know. Like, again, if you're motivated by loot, I would think you'd want really good loot in the game so you're always interested. You're like, yo, they did what to a hand cannon? And then you get it, and you're real excited, and you use it. Why does using a breakneck feel so good? Why does using a gun with outlaw or feeding frenzy feel so good? Because you just it's an extension of you. It feels awesome to use powerful stuff. So when you chase those perks and you use them, that's rewarding. I'm not I don't feel rewarded by having a bunch of maybe good rolls one day gear in my loot. It's not even touching down on my experience. It's just sitting in a it's sitting in a box. It's like your Christmas ornaments. You don't pay any attention to them all year long. They're in a box in your attic or your basement collecting dust. And then you pull them out once a year. Like, you, I don't want weapons like that in Destiny. I don't want Christmas light ornaments that are boxed up all year round and I maybe pull them out because they, they buff them later on. Give me something dope to chase now. Uh, the Cleric. Do you think there should be a Prime Ingram tracker that lets you know your progress until the next drop? Um, you know, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Because if you're playing for two hours and ten more minutes would get you a Prime Ingram, that's kind of good. I mean, if they want to extend playtime and play sessions, that's a pretty good way of doing it. And if you're like, man, I just need one more drop, that endless cycle, if you know it's going to be another hour, you know, you know how long it takes to fill from playing and you're like, oh, it's going to be another hour. Yeah, I don't have another hour. But you spin your wheels for 30 minutes. You're like, Dad, gummit, I want another prime drop. And I just couldn't get it. Now I got to go to work. You'd probably be more satisfied knowing like, oh, it's going to take another hour. I'll save that for later tonight. You know? Yeah, I could get behind that. I don't think that I don't think that would hurt. I don't think that would hurt engagement. I don't think that would hurt the intention of the prime, the, the, the prime attunement. It's just supposed to say, hey, you're periodically getting, you know, prime ingrams. Uh, IPI, why isn't console 60 FPS? Because consoles are weak. Uh, con- the, the, P- the CPUs aren't strong enough in both the PS4 and the CPU. You want to know why consoles don't give you 60 FPS? You could ask the same question to Horizon Zero Dawn. You could ask that same question to God of War, uh, Tomb Raider. You could ask that same question to Uncharted 4. These are games that were built from the ground up to perform at their absolute best on the, P- the PlayStation 4, and they're not 60 FPS either. Uh, maggot Food. Do you think, do you see them adding more exotic armor next season? Love your talks. Keep it up. Um, exotic armor is tough, right? Exotic armor is tough because you kind of have to add exotic armor that's either generically strong like one-eyed mask or class specific. If you go generically strong, you just run the nature of having everybody hate you like they hate the one-eyed mask. If... Uh, if you go class specific, I think that's harder for them to do right now because this is trickle content and it's not necessarily super substantive. So I wouldn't set my sights on any exotic armor coming to the game for that reason. Forsaken delivered a bunch of great exotics and exotics are meant to be more static throughout, you know, the year that you get them. Uh, that's just kind of how it's always been. Constantly getting exotic armor it just kind of becomes superfluous. There's only so much you can do. This we can only get so strong. Somebody earlier was what about like what about this 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 and this and this and it adds perks and makes us super strong with our armor. And I was like, it becomes superfluous. Like you can only make us so strong, you know. Uh, you can only make us so strong. Sorry, I uh, I'm neglecting the boss again. 
So I got I came in and helped. I got melting point on him. So that was all me. We won because of me. Young B3197. Hey Lono, do you think that they are making these primary and special exotics with PvP in mind? For example, Ace of Spades gets damage buff when reloading after a kill. Uh and kill the new Hang on a second. After a kill, a new bow with dot, heavy exotics are more DPS on bosses. What do you think? Um I don't know. I still th- I, I if that's the case if that's the case, the whole thing feels kind of silly. And so many exotics drop in PvE-oriented content. I know I know a significant portion of the game is PvE, so that's just naturally going to happen. That's kind of correlation, right? Like, you're just naturally going to have ammo... Uh, I'm sorry, you're going to have weapon pursuits in PvE that just turn into strong PvP weapons. That's just naturally going to happen. But... I... It just, to me, if you look at all those weapons... Anytime I go into the collections and I look at all those exotics, I, you just kind of have to cringe a little bit. You're like, man, there's so many that even in year one before power creep happened, I didn't, I, they just didn't have a lot of use or purpose and didn't outclass a lot of legendaries anyway. So Saul Villa says, seeing as how the new, let me make sure I have enough module supports. I do. Okay. Oh, and we got this. We're, we're in a much better situation now because of the bounties. <clears throat> Let me fast travel to the tower before I start reading this question. Uh, seeing as how kinetic and energy weapons should be used for D3, should they stop making exotic weapons that aren't power weapons and maybe even make less of them? Well, no, I think if they attack this problem from two sides, like if they gave you really great grenade launchers and rocket launchers and they took my idea about curated rolls and pinnacle rolls, if I could get a pinnacle legendary grenade launcher that... I didn't feel like I was nerfing myself using that over Thunderlord or 1k voices or sleeper like I didn't feel like I was nerfing myself well then sure go ahead and add really cool exotics because I might use them I don't feel this huge deficit in my loadout by taking off an exotic power weapon so they can attack it from both sides uh, Chapel 0203. Do you think they do something about the worthless blue drops that you receive at the end of the level activities Nightfalls and Forges I think you should leave a forge weapon at the end yeah, or just auto dismantle them or something. Yeah, blues are just what the frick is the point at this point? Yeah, I, that's just. I think sometimes you just end up with like trash code. They're just trying to give us lots to do, and that's just kind of trash code in there. It's like, well, yeah, we know you don't need it anymore, but like, what do you want us to do? Like, we can, something's got to drop, and people that run it that might need stuff, you know, material. It's just a, it's just a material resource basically. You just break it down. Jay Christ. Uh, do you think that Nairobi, uh, uh, Niobe Labs, since that's uh, where it was created, will open being an individual back us to love everything? Okay, that's gibberish. Ben Mack says, do you think we could use some powerful exotic swords like Razelighter and Dark Drinker? Hope this hasn't been asked. It has been asked. I just, I still think swords need to be put into, uh, needs to be put into the energy slot. Energy slot, energy slot, energy slot. Makes more sense. Give him more ammo, nerf him, and put him in the energy slot. Um, on the hunter melee, when I'm trying to keep playing with fire going, sometimes the enemy gets too close to me, and I actually hit him with a knife as opposed to throwing, and I lose my playing with fire times three. Is there a way they could fix this? Yeah, I saw a really, really good suggestion. I did the strike. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't even paying attention. Um... I th- somebody made the suggestion on Reddit that if you're holding backwards and you melee, it should automatically prefer your melee ability, right? 
you could even toggle that in the settings because some people might not like that. I would go in and toggle that. You could call it backpedal melee. And it would just say, when you turn this on, if you are backing up, you will not melee. You will use your melee ability. So as long as I'm backpedaling or holding back, it's because then you would know this guy's getting a little close to me. Let me hold back and melee. You'd like almost turn it into a combo. And then you'd use your knives instead of punching. I agree with you. I literally die in 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 content and in gambit and stuff doing that and it's really annoying because the lunge is inconsistent i swear sometimes lunge is like shoulder charge i it, it makes me travel a great distance i'm like what the frick some of that's lag and latency you're closer to the enemy than you realize the enemy's moved and it hasn't resolved it's resolved with the host that the enemy's two feet closer to you and you haven't seen it yet so you melee and then they're closer and then like you move and they move it's like when you get killed and you're like, wait a minute, I was around that corner and it like rewinds your body in time and puts you back. It's just latency sometimes. Um, so I die in PvP because I throw my smoke instead of melee. Yeah, I mean, that happens sometimes too. That again could just be latency and melee hit registration just not working properly because the game, again, just doesn't quite realize where you and the other person are perfectly. Uh, Devin Lat says, in your opinion, what is the best way for Bungie to balance Crucible and PvE? One of the biggest complaints is a very good PvP player is that every addition Bungie adds to the game increases Crucible players' reliance on abilities and perks and decreases the skill where we use aiming and gunplay. I'm going to say something, and you're going to feel like I'm being unwelcoming and stiff army, but if you want a balanced and skill-driven Crucible... Or PvP experience, play another game. I love you. I love what the Destiny community brings with PvP and Crucible and the competitive spirit. But this is not the game for you if you want a perfectly balanced, competitively driven, esports-minded game. This is this isn't the game for you. Accept that. If you accept that and you play the meta, and you lean into those abilities, and you lean into those things, and you have a saucy time, now you're playing Destiny PvP. Like, when they went for a very, very balanced and neutered Crucible, they almost drugged this game into the bottom of the ocean with boring, static, rolled, double, primary, team shot garbage. Like, they almost murdered this game because they took everything and they're like, well, let's balance Crucible. You know, it's just five super mods on a Nova Warp takes skill. Listen, like, we can have a conversation about things that are outside the bell curve, Right? We can talk about that. We can talk about that. But like, so when you're saying how can they kind of balance it? Like, I just want to make sure you understand that like, it's always going to be this way, right? There's always going to be that sauce and that I keep getting killed by shotguns and I keep getting killed by this. And this thing seems too strong. That's just always going to be the case, right? And to a certain extent, I'm not making excuses for Bungie, but given the nature of what we're asking for, drip feed, hobby, you know, hobby oriented content, where they're constantly trying to like give us stuff to do, you're just going to have to kind of accept that that's going to happen. They're going to throw something in the game and it's going to be an outlier. You know, one-eyed mask or when the Gwissin vest was glitched and letting spectral blades last for forever or, you know, super mods, 
stacking. Well, then they shouldn't stack, right? Bungie could cap it and say, you can only equip two super mods. If you try to equip more than that, it's going to put red text and let you know that you're only getting two of them or something, right? And Nova Warp. Yeah, yeah, Nova Warp is too strong, right? Its area of effect is big. It lasts for forever, blah, 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 blah. Let's have that conversation, but just... Have that conversation and then know deep down in your spirit that you're never going to get a perfectly balanced crucible that doesn't have saucy, really strong stuff in it. You're just, I'm trying to kill this Minotaur and he keeps, I keep getting hit with balls, right? So I'm saying two things for you. Like if you want a perfectly balanced crucible and you never want the sauce in there, then this game's not for you. If you accept that the sauce is a part of the process and it's a part of drip feed content, it's a part of them trying to add new and fun things. You accept that that sauce is going to happen and that sometimes the sauce is too spicy and it kind of like, whoo, I got to take a drink of water. Like if you accept that, then you'll probably have a better time. But I feel like a lot of the times that the, the people that approach the crucible discussion, it's just like there's this underlying idea that like it needs to be completely skill-based, get all these abilities out of here, get all this stuff out of here, and it's like you're asking for another game. Like you're basically asking for D2 vanilla, which in some respects didn't even work anyway because that wasn't skill-based either. It was just a freaking like, butt-hugging, hand-holding team shot meta. Like that wasn't exactly a skill expression either. Just death ball through the map and rely on your buds to land shots along with you. You don't got to win your ones or land your shots when your buddies are spraying alongside of you, you know, and the map design and the lanes and the and the damage and the TTK just it went hand in hand with that style, you know. So I want you to have fun and I want Crucible to be to be fun, but I don't want to continually get lost in this fray of everything's too strong and then I look at all my exotics get whittled into nothing, right? Yeah, win your fours. I just don't want my exotics to get whittled into nothing because Gambit, you know, getting sleeper aim assist nerfed is just it was completely unnecessary and literally it was it was almost like just a just a pacifier and then all of a sudden queen breakers happened so it didn't even matter <laughs> uh quinn sickle says what if they made perks also change the weapon model this might make lesser perks more sought after for cosmetic purposes Oh, what, like hip fire grip makes it look cool? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like this. No, I want my, I don't want my weapon to look ugly just because it's powerful. Like, what, are you going to put like a Barbie flower on the side of my weapon because it's got good perks? <laughs> no, like, I, I, I think you could have cosmetic differences based off perks and make them all look cool. Don't make my perks, don't make your perk look cooler than my perk, though. Like, I don't know. I, I think, here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think a better option would be ornaments linked to NPC grind, right? So if I'm grinding the forges, there could be really cool ornaments for the forge weapons that I get from Ada by by doing the forge a lot. You could do the same thing with the raid. If there was a raid NPC, the more you run the raid, the more you level up, the more you level up, you can unlock these really cool ornaments. So your version of the raid guns look cooler than the guy who went in week one and had the best RNG of his life and he hasn't gone back since, right? That creates personalization and difference, I think, in a better way. I think if I put in more time and and grind the raid more than you or the forge more than you or gambit more than you or crucible more than you, my gun should be a testimony to that, right? Not because, oh, you, you equipped hip fire grip and it puts a cool smoke, you know, smoke trail on the gun and makes your gun look cooler than mine and... You know, you're actually a, uh, a, a a potato with you know two left thumbs, but you you got a good you got to roll with hip fire. You see what I'm saying? 
should be more of a testimony. Appearance should be more of a testimony of investment, not, oh, I use this perk. You see what I'm saying? When you stack Rampage, your gun gets on fire. Yeah, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Like, obviously, your gun kind of glows a little bit when you have your, you know, you have your Rampage. Holy frick, Rampage 2 on that guy on a 110 just dealt with that Cyclops. Aloha TV, how do you feel about the current uh, element system? I feel like Destiny would greatly benefit from elements doing a lot more than just matching shield. Also, way more perk combinations in god rolls. Yeah, uh, I go back to true elemental primaries. Take every single primary weapon, slap it up in the primary. Take all your secondary weapons, slap it down in the secondary, and let us have three weapons, each have an element. And then this allows you to create perks that are tied to the element like Dragonfly, and then you could go crazy and you could create a perk that's better than Dragonfly, but like Dragonfly, and that gives you more options, more power diversity more pinnacle weapon options because currently i think the weapon system is confused and i don't think there's any reason to not give us uh primary weapons with with uh elements on them no reason not to when you switch to a hand cannon like the nation of beasts and it has an element on it you're not like oh my gosh this game is so easy look how strong i am look at me i'm like i am like achilles you know i have a i have a primary weapon with an element on it like elements don't make us too strong on primary weapons like at all um I think he's saying the Vex need to be weaker to Solar. Oh. I like Destiny really bit to match. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, again, I don't like that either. Like, I, I feel like you just start to pigeonhole me. You're like, oh, you're going to play Vex content? Well, you got to run. You got to run this or you got to run that. And then you're like, that kind of gets at what I'm getting at, right? You'd have different loadouts for different content. The problem is most of the content throws numerous types of enemies at you which i guess then you'd have to talk to your team but then that makes matchmaking a nightmare well this this strike has vex and fallen in it and we're all running the basic same loadout frick uh can you put this on can you put that on like if vex are resistant to solar because they're metal you know solar just makes them hot and solar is more damaging against flesh right so it'd be more damage against fallen I like that idea, but again, I think you're just creating too much complexity in content that doesn't need complexity in the actual combat. It needs complexity in your expression of power. Uh, E2 Thard, why don't Warlocks have strong exotics like Shards or OEM? So I want you to read this sentence real slowly. You're saying the Warlocks don't have strong exotics, okay? Um... And I want you to really read that and really think. Uh, um, okay, here we go. You ready? We got Chromatic Fire. We got Geomags. We got uh, Phoenix Protocol, which are arguably some of the strongest and coolest exotics in the game. Now, now, maybe we don't have an exotic that is God tier in the Crucible. Um, and then, yeah, and then Luna Faction Boots. Uh, <laughs> um... Phoenix Protocol is arguably broken in content where there's lots of ads. Like, you basically always have Phoenix. You always have a Well of Radiance. I hope they never nerf it. It's amazing. But, um... I, I, I guess... I guess you could say that you don't have a super strong exotic for PvP like One-Eyed Mask and Shards. But but that's okay, I think. Like, there's they, they have so many. Yo, Fidians is really good, too. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I would ever table and accept that Warlocks don't have strong exotics. What ship is that? 
if once you forge a hundred weapons, you can get this ship from your triumphs. It is called the Platinum Starling. Um, it's pretty cool. I've I've played probably a little too much. Another Headseeker Outlaw. Dang it, we cannot get we cannot get the the, the one that we want. We cannot get the one that we. want. To have the trigger and under pressure is great. I think if SMGs ever do get strong or good treatment, I think you're going to want Genesis on them. Um, if they ever get saucy treatment, if they ever make them stronger. Uh, juice box. To fix knife trick, they should just do it like the new uh, Warlock Melee. If you have a charge of throwing knives, it throws them no matter what. You should only punch with knife trick if there isn't an available charge. Uh, I shouldn't have to crouch, get a crit, then punch. Just to throw knives when I have a charge. I didn't say crouch, get a crit kill, then punch. What are you talking about? You're talking about something else. I'm not sure what you mean. I was just saying if you're holding back on the joystick, which is typically you are if you've got somebody up in your face. I, I, I'd be okay with this too. Make it toggleable. Be like, melee override. Melee ability overrides melee. Like, make it toggleable. You go and you toggle. Melee ability overrides melee, which basically says if you have a melee ability, you're going to do that instead of meleeing. I'd be fine with that. Put it, leave it up to player. J. Chris, sorry about the gibberish in my earlier questions. Um, it was uh, Niobe Labs. Is there Ada? Is where Ada was created? Will that open the potential to bring our loved Hunter Vanguard back? I already had this question. No, I don't think so. DJ May eighty eight. What type of weapons do you want Bungie to introduce in the game? For example, I would love to see crossbows. First and foremost, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle them off right now because I've done this before and it's been a while. All right, legendary trace rifles. Trace rifles are so freaking cool. They are ripe for a legendary random roll, pinnacle loot pursuit. Where are the freaking legendary trace rifles? You could do pinnacle pursuits, like honestly, Cold Heart and Prometheus Lens should be pinnacle legendaries anyway. They don't deserve to be called exotic. But if you did legendary pinnacle versions, you could get random rolls. Trace rifles would be freaking awesome. And then, then I think you could also do um, maybe energy, make them energy or power. I'm not sure. They would be fusion rifles, but they'd be rail fusion rifles. So instead of charging up like the sleeper, boom, boom, it would be like a rail rifle from Quake. It'd be boom, boom. It would fire immediately, and then you'd have to wait for it to charge back up. That would be a really fun weapon. Could be saucy in the crucible, like kind of like a sniper. You know, that could be pretty fun. Maybe it would need to be an energy weapon. Um, and it would be a decent energy weapon if it was strong enough, because you could use it on majors uh, and shielded enemies. So. Uh, KKRP, what do you think of the Black Armory schematics? Should they be giving uh, more use? No. Here's what they need to do. I need to be able to... I need another I need another way of getting mod components. Like, what is this? Like, I can only buy them here with legendary shards and gunsmith materials, which you're going to plow through your gunsmith materials pretty quickly. But look at the imbalance. 282 black armory schematics and I only need one for the mod and then I only have 45 mod components and I need 10 I got another sprint grit that's just an economic imbalance they have to address it I don't know what the heck they're doing maybe convert schematics into mod components I don't know I don't know what's what's happening we definitely don't need more Ed Ed says uh, how about when in PvP 
when we super another player with the same super at the same time and I die but they don't RNG super kills I mean I, what are you gonna do dude it's it's called latency lag and peer-to-peer -peer netcode like get over it JD gamer how do you feel about when uh, how about when there are four teams and even when they have a chance to get worlds first, or especially with this new raid only, giving people who have work or school or only two hours a day, giving bungee... Okay. This is, this is a long, long question, but I get what you're getting at. Even Giggs, who got worlds first, thinks that the leveling should be different and capped so that it's a more even race. I happen to think raids should always be one week from the new content. So you get two resets. You get the first week, and then you get that Tuesday. You get two resets to grind. Everybody's hard capped. Nobody can get beyond a certain cap, so everybody goes into the, the raid at the exact same power level. No RNG advantages, no gaming the system advantages, and it's an even race. And if you're like, I have to work, this isn't fair, be reasonable. We can't have raids launching a month after launch. Now, Mike, 30 and so gaming happens to think that the raid should basically launch at the very end of the NP at the DLC cycle so that everybody has a chance to grind up. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I don't think they'd get away with that. It, it has to be close to the launch date and they got to do a raid cap. And if stream, if leveling continues to get streamlined, then I think your quibble about like, I don't get to play enough. I think you'd be, you'd have a reasonable chance of being strong enough to do it a week later. Cause you'd have two resets. So I'm going to keep streaming. If you're here right now, don't go anywhere. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live. I'm probably live right now. Come on in and hang out with us. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching or listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.